congratulations on such a beautiful book and and how you share it with us is is with great love so i have to begin with what is the secret to love and is there a secret what a good question um according to rav cook this uh, contemporary mystic the secret of love the mystical secret of love is the awareness that that is how i am hardwired mm-hmm. that my soul is always talking to me and moving me to create more oneness in the world. And this oneness I manifest through loving, through loving, through caring, through forgiving. Loving is the act of creating oneness and connection in the world. So really our natural condition as a human being with a soul is to love. And then through life and the difficulties we learn how to not love and we put up obstacles. Yep. But my natural drive is to love. Mm, mm. On my radio show this morning, I was talking about that very subject in the way that we will put things in front of us, mountains and, and problems and, and struggles. And yet the, the goal is to move through them. And I'm gl- so glad that you started out by saying awareness. Awareness is mindfulness. You have got to be grateful for where you stand in your presence of now. That's why I think I love this book so much is because you're speaking to my heart. Well, look, I'm so glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, this book, this learning completely turned my life upside down. You know, I'm a rabbi. I've studied Judaism and taught for 40 years. And I always thought that Judaism was about uh, doing good deeds and learning and praying. And I I realized I missed the boat for the first 60 years of my life. (laughs) That the goal of Judaism is really all of those things are means for the goal of becoming a loving person. Yeah. Yeah. So, And is that, when you say the, the goal is to become a loving person, because in martial arts we were trained, learn to love all living things. And that's how I base my life, is that I'm going to love this tree. I'm going to love this mosquito. I may not like it, but I love this mosquito. Well, that's, that's a beautiful point. And in the book we talk about why. Why do I love all things? Yes. Right? Am I just a nice guy? Do they do anything for me? So the idea of the secret of love is to understand that in every cell of creation, whether it's a person, an animal, a rock, a flower, in every cell of creation, and inside there is a spark of transcendence, a spark of God, a spark of holiness. Mm -hmm. And in every spark, I want to connect to that. When I really see that someone um, has a soul, how can I not love them? How can I not love them when I understand that they've been put in this world for a purpose? Even people that are difficult, even I live in Israel, you know, we're going through a war now. Even people that are difficult, my enemies, I still, I hate their actions, but I still love them. Thank you for saying that, because, you know, so many people are drawing the line right now, and we've got to love each other as a generation. And and we, although we don't understand the situations, through that love, like you speak of, I mean, it's almost like the one of the things you, you speak of is that our pleasures come from goals. So I have to ask, do we love the process? And if we don't, what what do we need to do to open our hearts or to clear our hearts to prepare a better journey? Beautiful. So, Ralph Cook talks a lot that love is actually hard work. Yes. It's hard work. Every day I get up in the morning and I meditate, and my meditation is, please let me open my heart to love more. 
Why don't we love? Because we judge people, because we're afraid, because we're superficial, because we just look at the last actions that they have done. We don't really know each other. To really know, if I were to get to know you and I have to learn about you and your parents and your grandparents and really get to know you, it's hard work. But I know that God put you in this world for a unique purpose. God put you in this world for a unique purpose, and that's enough for me to love you. I have to work on that. Mm-hmm. And not, it's not a glib thing. It's not just being a nice guy. It's not Pollyannish. It's really intentional, intentional awareness. Oh my God! You, oh, you, you are. It's, it's almost like you're walking beside me because those intentions are so important to my own personal path. Because as I take my daily walk on a path through this forest in South Charlotte, I have to tell myself what my intentions are, and then I have to activate the intentions. Because so, so many times people will hear a word, they'll they'll be inspired, but then they let it sit there. They don't activate the word. Beautiful, beautiful. Right. And um, look, one of the main shocks that I received from this learning is that love is not an emotion. When we look at love just as an emotional experience, it's very dangerous. I can love somebody um, for my own reasons because I want them to love me back. Mm -hmm. I can love my children so much that I'm jealous of the neighbor's children. (laughs) Love is very difficult. Love comes and goes when it's an emotion. The idea here is that we manifest love as an emotion, but the source of love is actually a deep wisdom. Mm. Love is a deep wisdom of knowing that everything is intentionally created. And, and it, I love because it's my most natural state. Look, just like a plant moves towards the sun, it's heliotropic, so my soul moves towards love. It's loveotropic. Mm-hmm. That's my natural state. I really want to be aligned with myself, right? So many people are looking for self-fulfillment today and self-worth, and, and it becomes very narcissistic. Self-fulfillment for Rav Cook and this idea is the act of not receiving love, but giving love. Yes. I fulfill myself through giving. And the test, if I just, if I just add one more thing, it's a very easy spiritual test. Learning this stuff has really made me love more and also forgive more easily. Forgiveness is also an act of creating oneness. What do you do when the relationship is ruptured, when it hits a bump in the road? Right. It's not easy to forgive, and this it's made me much easier to, to apologize because all I keep saying to myself in every situation, how can I bring oneness to this moment? How can I bring oneness to this moment? What about loving yourself first in in the way that because uh, I, I will openly admit that in my 20s and early 30s it was like I, I didn't have a great time in life because I didn't know who I was as a person therefore I right. had to learn to love who I was through these studies through and making sure that these studies weren't just words on a page but to physically become a part of them beautiful beautiful look part of this idea is that I look at myself and I say what am I If I am only as good as my achievements, my accomplishments, then my life is going to be a roller coaster. It's a ticking time bomb that I'm going to sometimes love myself and sometimes not. How good did I do? How bad did I do? My love for myself has to be, like for other people, unconditional. How can I get to unconditional love for myself? Mm -hmm. Because I know my essence is not my body or my achievements. My essence is the soul that I have been given. 
this unique spark, whatever you call it, every religion has a different name for it. This unique spark I have, God put me, put me. I'm not, I may think I'm not special about anything and anything. I'm ordinary, I might think, but no, God chose me to be born in a unique face with a unique DNA, with a unique body for a unique purpose in the world. Once I understand my uniqueness and that I've been chosen to contribute that, I can love myself unconditionally. Now I'll add, there's a danger in that. There's a danger to love myself too much. Yes. Then it becomes narcissistic. And so what I have to condition myself to see the world like a pointillist painting, a pointillism painting. I am one dot on this pointillist painting. I'm unique. I'm precious. I'm special. I'm needed, but I'm one dot. And if I only look at a pointillist painting at one dot too closely, I'll miss the whole painting. Yeah. I have to understand how my dot works in harmony with all the other souls and dots in the world. I wonder, do we find the love in the silences and the darknesses that we surround ourselves with? Because so many people would rather live in those states of mind rather than come out and feel that love. Well, I I would actually say love does come to us naturally. You know, I took my four-year-old grandson to the zoo. And he got so excited to see the monkeys. He was looking at monkeys. He was jumping for joy to see the monkeys. And then his older sister, who's six-year-old, said to him, what are you getting so excited about? We've seen the monkeys before. And you could see my four-year-old grandson close down. He just closed down. We learn how not to love through cynicism of other people and and fear and, and scarring and relationships. But I have to understand, and this is the most important thing, I have to understand that for me, to be my full self, to be my true self, I am a loving machine for the world, a oneness machine. God is one. God brings oneness in the world. I am created in the image of God. I bring oneness into the world. So this is my awareness. And once I get to that awareness, then I just find it everywhere. Mm -hmm. I find it all the time, and it becomes much easier to do. I don't have to be a genius. I will never understand why E equals MC squared. But if I know that I have a unique soul that says to me to be a loving person, and I fully believe that, then I don't become dependent on how my accomplishments are, and did I get a raise, and did I get a good grade, and all those things. Does that help? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And one of the things that, that so many people travel with inside their souls is the fact that they, they'll, they'll pick up a book like The Secret of Love, they'll start changing in their life, and then family and friends go, what's going on here? Why, why are you doing this? You, you, ooh, I, what happened to my friend that used to be? And then they go back to their old habits. That's why it's so important to hear your voice, read your words. Don't just set this book aside when, when you think you're finished with it. Keep it as a tool as they grow. Well, the book actually has, thank you very much, the book actually has personalizing questions and trigger exercises. It is best learned Mm -hmm. with somebody else, with a kindred spirit. Look, it is very hard to grow. It is very hard to change ourselves. We have habits for decades. It's the world's hardest thing to actually change. And it's really, I think, sometimes too hard to do alone. We need a kindred spirit. We need a friend. We need support. We need a community. So I suggest people finding a close friend and learning it together and doing the questions together because we need, just because of what you said, it's so hard to change and we get knocked down again Mm -hmm. by people. People become suspicious of us and ask us and, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So how did you feel while you were putting the words on the page? Because, I mean, your gift is to share the story. It's to, you know, to, to help other people grow. I mean, did, is it like when you're, when you're up front as, as a rabbi, you give so much love in the messages, but now who's going to fill you back up? Because you've got to be able to put something back in that heart because you've just released all of that energy. Wow. Um, you know, when I write and when I teach, it fills me up. Oh. It fills me up because I look at myself, I meditate and I work on a mantra before I write and before I teach, and I remind myself that I, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me. I am just a vehicle for the light. I'm just a vehicle for the light. Imagine the sun shining through a window and there's dirt on the window. The sun is beautiful and shining, but the light doesn't get through because of the dirt on the window. You know what I am? I'm a window washer. I'm a window cleaner. I let the light come in. It's not about me. And so I get filled up when I teach or when I write um, when, I'm, when my ego doesn't get in the way. When my ego gets in the way, then I get depleted. That's my caution to myself. Have you started a podcast? Because I, I, I want people to hear you. I want them to be in their cars. I want them to be at work. I want them to be able to hear your, your love for all things. Oh, boy. You know, that's a great question. I teach. We have a, a spiritual community. We teach. Um, I teach twice a week to this community and um, online. And we've all been journeying on this path together. My daughter, God bless her, is always urging me to do a podcast, and I guess that's the time has come for me to try. I guess you're right. Yeah, because this this book. I mean, when I go back into those pages of of, of the book, The Secret of Love, I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna feel and hear something now that I've had a conversation with you, and and I'm gonna have a better understanding of who put those words on the page. Look, I so appreciate what you're saying, and um, let me just say, you know, this is not an easy path. Mm-hmm. Um, because people people will look at us funny, like you said, and it means changing ourselves. And and it's not easy. But I'll tell you one interesting thing. I'm in my 60s, and I am making in my 60s. I am making new friends <laughs> all the time now, and deep friends, and soulmate, kindred spirit friends. Yes. This is crazy for somebody in my age to make such deep friends, and it happens because I've become more open to listening. Yes. Look, my wife is the world's best listener, and she taught me something. You want to understand how spiritual a person is? This is a simple test. Do they ask a follow-up question after you're talking, or do they turn the conversation to themselves? For, for most of my life, I turned the conversation to myself. I, myself. I would say something like, I know just what you're thinking. I feel the same way, turning it to myself. Mm. Do, they, do you ask a follow-up question? Curiosity can really be an act of loving mm. to help evoke the inner voice of each other. We are here to help each other. It's a hard world that breaks us. It's a broken world, and we're all broken. And we need each other to help evoke our soul without judgment in a safe way. And um, and that's what this book is about. The world has a gift from you. I, I'm just I'm just so blessed to be in this moment of now with you. And, and it's just it's, it's it's a tool for healing. And and it comes at such a beautiful time in history. It really does, sir. I'm very grateful um, for your words and to have this conversation. 
Thank you so much. Where can people go to find out more about you, give you some love, and hopefully participate with, with those studies that you have with people? Uh, you know, really the best way is just to zip me an email, and um, I'll be in touch with them personally. Um, my email is uh, R-E-A-B-D, A-R-Y-E-H-B-D, like Ben David, A-R-Y-E-H-B-D, at gmail.com. Zip me an email. And we'll begin the conversation. Um, we have a beautiful community that spans the whole spectrum of Judaism. Um, and uh, and it's a wonderful experience to be part of it. Wow. You are so loved, sir. You are so loved. Thank you. Back at you. Please come back to this show anytime in the future, sir, because the door is always going to be open for you. I'm so grateful. And keep up doing your wonderful work. This has been a pleasure and an honor for me to talk with you. Thank you, sir. You be brilliant today.